BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, rucking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet here, and uh, on this episode we've got the Beast Report. So uh, Kim, um, I'm just going to kind of let you take over and and, uh, go for it. Great. Thanks, Mike. Alrighty, well, today we have Taylor Overmiller, and he's from the Portland area, and he is one of our new protein members. So we wanted to welcome Taylor, congratulations, and uh, just uh, see see what you're all about, and and, uh, and welcome you. Thank you. So, Th- thanks for having and- me. I'm honored that you find me interesting enough to make it on your podcast. Oh, gosh. Well, gosh, you've done so much. It's going to be fun to hear about everything. And, gosh, you have your own uh, business, Portland Outdoor Athletics. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is really Mm -hmm. cool. And uh, you're a coach. You've you've been athletic, it sounds like, a lot, a big majority of your life. And it's just uh, going to be be an exciting. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be a really exciting season just to see out there and and uh, beasting it up. <laughs> yeah, right on. So, yeah. So, oh, and your wife also does OCRs and has uh, done really well. So, I mean, that's so exciting. And that's something that you're both passionate about and you can share. I'm, I bet you work, work out together. And yeah, isn't and his wife a pro team member, too? Uh-huh. She is, yeah. yes. Yep. So, yeah, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been able to wrangle her into most of these obstacle course racing things that I do. Um, We both ran a little track and cross country in college. So uh, after that, we moved out this way and I kind of got drawn into the sport first. And then after after a little arm twisting, I I convinced her to give it a try and she fell in love with it as well. And now we're uh, both mostly obstacle course racers. At least that kind of takes the priority uh, as far as our training goes and, and the kind of competitions we enjoy participating in. Oh, that's neat. That's so fun when you both have a passion. You can you can do that together, share it together. Oh. Well, why don't we, we'll just jump in. And what was your first OCR race and what made you decide to try it? So um, after I got out of college, I kind of wanted to take about a year off. I, I wasn't sure if I still wanted to specifically be a runner or not. At that point, I had followed the past eight years in a row of rigid training um, to become a better half-miler, and I was kind of just ready for a break in structure. So I gave myself a year just to dabble around and try out some different things. Um, The intensity and volume of my training definitely kicked back. I kind of just turned into a bit of a hobby jogger for about a year. Uh, Then I realized I started to get that itch to compete again, and at that point, just kind of acknowledged that the competitive athlete thing was just a part of my lifestyle. It wasn't just a phase. So I started looking at uh, different things to compete in. And one thing, um, if you're on a college sports team, your coaches don't let you play any other sport. You don't get to do the intramurals or, or the co-ed leagues that some of your friends might get to. And I had always been a little bit bummed out about that and felt like I had missed out um, on just pickup games and, you know, not, not nothing too fun, but when everyone's having a good time with the volleyball and a basketball season and you're spending all year training to run around a 400 meter oval faster. Um, it adds up. So 
I was looking forward to doing some of that stuff. So we got into like ultimate Frisbee a little bit. I actually joined a, uh, a contact eight man flag football league. So (laughs) it's actually flag football, but the offense and defensive line, it's full contact, which that was just kind of a hilarious experience. Um, (laughs) And then I also got into parkour a little bit, was training at like the revolution parkour gyms. Um, And through this kind of, alternative sports searching uh, phase I was going through. I was at the time working at a genetics lab and stumbled upon the Spartan race thing. And I noticed that they were offering a corporate discount. Uh, So I just forwarded an email to one of our co-founders because I knew that um, they were kind of trying to look for ways that the business could get involved, encouraging physical fitness and healthy habits. And I said, Hey, this might be it. Uh, you know, yeah. they got a corporate discount, check it out. The co-founder not only checked it out, um, he had the wits about him to have our media department reach out to them and let them know, hey, we're planning on showing up and showing up big. And actually, um, Spartan replied to that. And fast forward, we ended up being featured on the nationally televised NBC episode for I think it was the 2015 Washougal race. Yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah, that's that's how I first got into it, which was a little bit funny because lots of people in the workplace knew that I was a collegiate runner. So there's kind of these high expectations, and I'm having, like, my own – even, like, being singled out a little bit, having my own little feature, knowing it was probably going to be nationally televised. And I'm thinking in my head, like, yeah, oh, wow. I've been a runner, but I've never done this. So, Oh, um, right, right. Yeah, but the yeah, parkour, felt a little bit the the parkour, the the parkour definitely helped some. Yeah, this is true. Um, I hadn't been hill training. I remember coming out of that thinking, wow, the hardest obstacle wasn't listed on the map. It was the freaking hills. Um, oh. But, you know, since then I've learned. But, yeah, so that's how it all started, and I kind of got hooked after that. And, um, yeah, ended up, of course, like you mentioned earlier, changing careers to pursue training people full-time. So Portland Outdoor Athletics mm-hmm is what I do um, during the week. Oh. And, yeah, was able to get, like you mentioned also, the wife involved. So, yeah, we we enjoy doing them, and it keeps us healthy, gives us something to train for, and the the variety of yeah. training for it actually keeps things really interesting and fun, too. That is so great to live and work, you know, with what you love. I mean, no, it can't get any better than that. Boy. Oh. Yeah, there's definitely been some rough patches, but uh, it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so how has OCR helped you to overcome challenges? Um, OCR is funny because you can take it at a very surface level and look at it as just something to work out for. Um, but also for lots of people, it means something deeper. Um, these obstacles that we train for can represent uh, specific obstacles in life. And um, getting over them can be figurative and representing, you know, getting over that real life obstacle. Um, and I like to use that in my own life. So I think of having a good workout as winning a battle and winning that battle creates positive momentum where once I've won that battle, it's now easier for me to win other battles throughout my day. Those battles might look different for each person that might be dealing with a really tough commute to work it might be having a big test coming up. It might be a quarterly review, whatever. That kind of varies based on the individual. But 
I feel like no matter what you keep yourself busy with during the day, if you have that, that battle won, that positive momentum generated through a good workout or doing your best at a race, that can carry over into other facets of life. Um, so I think just as the whole person, everything is tied together. So in the same way that you can conquer some of these obstacles, uh, you can conquer the obstacles in life. And similar to how overcoming some of these obstacles forces you to cut it up into bite-sized pieces and patiently work through different progressions, that's also, you know, what life might throw at you. You know, the first example that comes to mind is, let's say, the college degree or even a high school degree. You know, yeah, you want to go for that degree, but for most people, that's a four-year endeavor. So you got to cut it up. you got to set the short-term goals that are in reach, take it day by day, and just kind of fall in love with the grind and get used to that routine of chipping away at it. Then before you know, you're going to be making significant progress, big steps towards that overall long-term goal. I love that. Yep. Resilience and, and yep. I love that. All right. And now we're going to take a quick pause so we can hear from our sponsors. Do you like challenges that are fun, tough, and might use tacos? Head on over to beastchallenge.com and check out our upcoming events, including Beasts 5K Plus, a combination of race and endurance event, and the Bucket Mile. Keep an eye on the Beast OCR Facebook group for event gatherings. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast's OCR Facebook group. You'll be glad you did. And we're back. What do you love most about the OCR community? The OCR community is cool. Um, <laughs> I, love, I love lots of things. I love how they're just willing to put themselves out there. Um, I come from... A, wor- a world of a, or a background of more form- formal sport, if you will. Um, <clears throat> it's tough to find a sport that has as much tradition and history as track and field. And as such, the subculture within that sport is pretty well established. Um, and people that come from a track and field background, this might resonate with them. Um, I don't want to call it snobbiness, but there, there's a little bit of just do your work. Uh, keep your nose to the grindstone, run a good time, but don't expect a lot of accolades. Um, even our, our highest performing track and field athletes, even the, you know, gold medalist Olympians, we, we rarely pay attention to them outside of every four years at the Olympics. Um, and I think kind of going hand in hand with that is, is a little bit of looking down upon people that do celebrate their accomplishments publicly. And I don't see that in OCR and I like it. Um, People are not afraid to throw up a new profile picture to, to change their status to, hey, look what I did. Um, and, yes, that can be abused, but I think, in general, it's good to invite people to celebrate your life's accomplishments with you uh, and not keep it to yourself or be worried about being judged by being proud of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Oh, well, who inspires you? I've had lots of people inspire me over the years. Um, yeah, that, that, I feel like that question could change maybe every 12 months. Honestly, right. I'm 30 now, so maybe I'm becoming an old man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I feel like about the last maybe five years, the, the people that I tend to look up to the most um, are older people that I've been in really close contact with and know their stories. Uh, so usually that's people I've, I'm related to or, or um, 
that have helped raise me. And I say that because um, I'm kind of looking at that, that place where, you know, getting old isn't too far off. You know, eventually this guy body's going to break down whether I want it to or not, or at least slow down. And I'm not going to be able to do the things that I do right now. Um, and also life phases change. You know, I've gone from being the student athlete to now being the, you know, working professional entrepreneur, if you will, who has to figure out how to work that athlete lifestyle into it. Um, my wife and I recently bought our first home, uh, looking at trying to have, have kids isn't too far off in the distance. So um, right. I like to look at the people that are able to find success in lots of areas of life. I mean, n- nothing against those that kind of put all their eggs in one basket and are okay with living the bachelor lifestyle, but being the stud athlete their whole life. Um, but I, I just find my calling to be more of a family man. And I want to, do the best I can with the gifts I've been given and try to find success, you know, as, as a husband, hopefully someday as a father, as a business owner, and then also as a competitive athlete. And I've been fortunate enough to have some really good examples of that life balance um, in some of the older people in my life, you know, my parents, grandparents, even some great grandparents. And, um, I look at that, and, and now that I'm kind of entering those life phases, I have more respect for how difficult that really is uh, to emulate. So I, I respect it and look to hopefully replicate it. Oh, that's great. A real well, well-rounded life, yeah. I love that's that. That's the goal, at least, yeah. Oh, so what's your favorite OCR memory? Um, my favorite OCR memory, I'll be honest, I think you asked me these beforehand, and I cannot remember what I put down. But um, oh, let's see. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you what answer comes to mind. You can tell tell me if this is the one sure. I put down. <laughs> sure, um, or any, because it can be more than one. You know, heck. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I guess that's a good problem to have, right? There are lots of positive memories. Right. Um, yeah. They. Let's see. And so I in think the world this one of was the terrain race. Terrain race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm. That's funny because I was actually going to mention a different one, but that's, yeah. Um, so the train race one. So those that follow um, <clears throat> the industry of obstacle course racing know we've had some big names come and go over the past few years. Um, you know, most notably Warrior Dash, which kind of used to be one of the big three mm-hmm. exiting the scene. And most recently, of course, Tough Mudder going through some of their problems. Um, right. The terrain racing we see today um it's been a lot different in past years. Um, they used to have competitive waves and actually offer prize money. Um, some of the highest prize money in relation to its number of competitors around. Um, so yeah. it used to be nice and competitive. Uh, Benny Gifford, who's one of the obstacle dominator podcast co-hosts, he kind of was the guy or one of a couple guys that would go on winning streaks and would, Specific, you know, pro athletes that would specifically follow the circuit around to eat up the prize money. Um, and I had my butt handed to me in a terrain race or two really early in obstacle course racing when I was still trying to figure out how to get the whole grip string thing down. Um, so in 2018, that was the last year that they had their competitive waves and their, uh, their, their prize money offered to those that made the podium or placed top three. And 
I, they they came to the Pacific Northwest for I think five races, and I was able to make three of those races fit into my schedule. And all three of those races, I was able to come out on top um, nice. to the surprise of myself. And that's not saying that you sh- you know I, I didn't trust in my abilities or trust my training, but I knew some of the backstory of some of these guys I was lining up next to in the starting shoot, and I thought that it would be a, a very realistic and still high goal just to place top three. And then, yeah, one race, second race, third race, all of a sudden when it's all said and done, I've taken the top spot in most of the Pacific North terrain race, Northwest terrain races um, without wow. that necessarily being like a big goal of mine. That, so That had to have been so yeah. exciting, the first one, just like, holy cow, I did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, one of those guys is now on the Spartan pro team. One of those guys was Benny Gifford. Let's see. One of those guys was on, made the TMX finals. I mean, these guys had done things that I didn't think were at my level. And it was just cool to not only be able to like, you know, be in the race with them and kind of duking it out in the dog fight with them, but actually, yeah, pull off the win. So that's probably my that's top. So cool. Well, Oh, yeah, that's that's exciting. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Do you like the BeastNet? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more, at BeastNetPod. So what is your favorite and your least favorite obstacles? Um, I think I remember my answers on this one. Uh, my least, let's start with the least. We'll finish on a positive note. Uh, okay. My least favorite is Spear Throw. And... I, I acknowledge that um, the spear throw is most often an obstacle in Spartan races, or at least made most popular by Spartan races. And I acknowledge that at this point, it's such an iconic part of their event. I doubt they ever take it out, but it still doesn't mean I don't have the right to complain about it. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> um, the reason being, I, I look at something like a spear throw, it's more of a task. You're not actually going over an obstacle, you know, Usually an obstacle is something right. you go over, under, or through, or across, yeah. or whatever. You know, usually an obstacle is something you have to traverse in one form or another. That's not what the spear throw is. Um, it's more True. of kind of right. a random, yeah, like a, a random, um, what kind of skill do I want to say? Like precision-type skill thrown into an otherwise very raw athleticism-based competition. Um, and I think it's easier for me to flow towards that answer because this last year I really didn't do that great in Spartan races of hitting my spears, embarrassingly enough. So oh. <laughs> um, there's oh, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I actually really like, and I think I'm kind of um, not a weirdo for this being my answer, but I think um, definitely in the minority is swims. I think if done oh. right, <laughs> swims can be great. Um, the problem is usually when I say swims, people that do lots of these races immediately – their minds go to really cold conditions. Um, right. I do think there are ways you can incorporate speed or, or swims without putting people at risk of hypothermia or putting them in danger. Um, I've actually been in some races that I think did excellent jobs. Um, the first one that comes to mind is a race we used to have uh, in Oregon in the Salem area called the Inferno. Um, and they did a really oh, good yeah. job of, yeah, providing life fests if you wanted it, having people in canoes on standby. And, yeah, nice. they threw just a couple hundred meters swim in there. And something like that, it's an amazing rhythm breaker, really breaks up the running. 
Um, right. I just find that to be a very functional obstacle. Uh, the way my mind works, I compare obstacles to real life scenarios. And I think um, I would be much more likely to have to swim across a body of water uh, than climb something without being able to use my feet or only have one chance at throwing a spear accurately. So right. that's kind of like my mind works. I can see and yeah, I just like a little swimming in there. Um, oh, interesting. I, I'm the biggest swim weenie ever, so that's like on my bottom of my list. <laughs> I sit there I yeah. sit there at the darn dunk wall and stare at it for five minutes. I'm so bad. <laughs> that's like that's impressive. Are. I like that. Yeah, yeah, well, you're not alone. It's so darn cold. Yeah, <laughs> my wife hates the dunk wall too, so you're not alone. <laughs> well, that's well, that's very cool. That's you know, I, uh, you don't hear it too often that people like to swim, and that I think that's great. That is so cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what length of race do you like the best? I really like the short course format, and that's one direction I hope this sport yeah. moves in. Um, what I would consider to be a true short course, we don't really see that much. Um, I know it's easy for people to think of a Spartan sprint or a 5K obstacle course race as being a short course because it is compared to the alternative options. If, you know, the only other options are a 10K or a half marathon or maybe like a sneak in 24-hour race. But in reality, if you like get into the uh, – the, the physiology of, uh, like, what energy systems are tapped into, what fuel stores, what muscle fiber types. If you kind of get into the science nerdy back side of it, um, a short course should cater more towards a sprinter's body type. And even a 5K obstacle course race is still overwhelmingly an endurance event. Um, and, and I think yeah. what serves as big evidence is look at the people that are the best in the sport none of them come from collegiate sprinter backgrounds. You know, I think the closest thing we have to that is Bracken Crocker, who was a, uh, a former middle distance runner like myself from college. But if we're having um, like a true well-designed short course format, we should be seeing, you know, former football players and 400 meter sprinters convert over to the sport. And um, um, we just don't see that. I think the closest we've come to it is TMX, which, you know, being a Tough mutter event, is no longer, and uh, there's the Spartan Stadium races, but I can't speak into those because I haven't been able to make it down for one of those yet. Um, I think those are pretty good short course. Um, also, yeah, I've heard talk about – sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I bet they are. I haven't done one either, and I've been so curious, and I like the idea of having the obstacles compacted together so you're, you're – obstacle intense right without the running between i i like all of them you know i like the running ones too but doing one that's so obstacle dense like that would be really fun to do yeah yeah and there's these high rocks competitions that came over from germany recently that have been getting a lot of attention um yeah and then it sounds like spartan race is going to kind of have their own version of that called decafit so my prayers might be answered here i've been (laughs) For about right. I, I, probably yeah. ever since I got into the sport, I wanted that. So, yeah, some some kind of competition oh. that has uh, almost equal time spent on the obstacles and equal time spent running would be really nice. Yes, oh uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, the deck of fit I've seen uh, in Yancey Camp 
a lot, and mm-hmm. and yeah. Yancey's a pretty big part of uh, of moving that forward. And it looks really cool. It looks very hard, but you know what a neat challenge, something different, and and yeah, that'd be yeah. a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's see. So tell us something about yourself that few people know, and it doesn't have to be OCR related. Few people know. Um, my diet consists largely of leftovers. <laughs> That's kind it. of my jam. <laughs> uh, people come to me all the time with like nutrition advice, and um, basically, I just make it an art form to cook meals based off what leftovers I have access to. I mean, I eat other things, but in general, it's like, hey, there's leftover pasta, and I'll throw in some, you know, beans and rice, and then some frozen vegetable medley and maybe a smoothie and boom, I've just turned a little bit of leftover pasta into a whole meal. Um, Perfect. And you don't waste anything too. That's great. Yeah, I don't waste. That's, that's kind of part of my life philosophy. Those that know me, I hear the average American wastes like 40% of their food and I I have to be within a fraction of a percent. Oh, guys. I'm kind of there with you. I do the same with the leftovers, and and I feel bad if something ends up getting thrown out. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just that guy. Like literally, I think uh, just the other week, I got through all of the Thanksgiving ham. Like we people, oh. especially around the holidays and Thanksgiving, will give us leftovers, and I'll like cut it up and put oh. it into Tupperware and freeze it. And then that's like one of my tasks yeah. for the next few weeks, if not a couple months, is like slowly piecing in these leftovers to get through them. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm a bit of a funky dude, and that's one of my weird things I do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it's a good thing. Heck. <laughs> so, what are your goals for this year and or even beyond beyond the year, just upcoming? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, this year is going to be interesting. This, like you mentioned, is my first year competing on the Beast OCR squad. So that's going to get a, give a little bit of structure and more predictability to my racing schedule. That being said, I've recently had to come off the biggest time away from running since I think I was a toddler. So I had about wow. a three-month stretch where um, I just I basically, not to get into it, but I had this foot injury. My foot was jacked up pretty bad. So I had to spend about three months, a little over three months, um, barely running and pretty much cross training. So I feel yeah. like right now I spent the last couple of weeks kind of sprinkling back in some running with some success. And it's kind of one of those things Good. where I feel like I'm in some kind of shape, but it's definitely not obstacle course racing specific shape. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see how this year goes um, because of that cross training. I've been mm-hmm. weightlifting more often than I have since since running college track um so i feel like i'm going to come into the season heavy a little slower running but definitely strong so we'll just kind of see how that right how that converts over i think the races are going to definitely feel different for me than they have in a long time um maybe feel Mm -hmm. different than they ever have because i'll I'll be weighing in at my heaviest the heaviest i've weighed in my life um but i like to think lots of it's functional so um yeah, that's going to kind of make things up for me. So I mentioned all that because, you know, first and foremost, I just want to get healthy and stay healthy again. Um, right. And then after that, you know, beyond that, we'll be holding up my end of the deal and representing the Beast OCR group the best that I can. 
Um, I definitely think I'll have some tools to work with that'll make me a consistent podium threat, at least at the local level still. But, uh, yeah, I, I haven't competed in a while, and I've been nursing this foot thing for a long time. So I, I really can't speak too much into how I think I'll do. I think I'm going to enjoy doing my best, even if it's maybe not up to par with what people um, might expect out of me. But, um, yeah, that's just kind of what I'm looking forward to this upcoming year. It's not – you know, last year I had very specific place goals and I wanted to do this good at this race. And this year it's less about that, more about, um, you know, just being able to get back into it. Cause when you have something you love doing, like running taken away from you for a few months, it kind of helps reestablish perspective. Um, right. You're probably just raring to go. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. Right. So, um, that's kind of for this year and beyond that, um, I, I kind of decided at the age of 16 that, like, um, being being a runner, a lifelong runner, was just what I was going to do. Um, so right now that takes the form of obstacle course racing. Um, you know, tomorrow's never promised. Hopefully I, I have a healthy enough body where, you know, I don't have a, a weird hand injury injury or something that would prevent me from ever being able to do some of these obstacles. So. Hopefully I get to keep doing obstacle course racing, but you know, the long term is just to live a healthy, active lifestyle. Um, that's the mm-hmm. lifestyle that makes me happy, you know, keeps me mentally healthy as well, you know, hormonally and emotionally regulated. Um, just that kind of rhythm of exercise, almost daily exercise is good for a body. So mm-hmm. um, just doing that. And mm-hmm. actually this is a little, a, a little teaser that I haven't, I've li- literally haven't told anyone. Um, at least not on like a media platform. Um, eventually I want to be involved with hosting some events and um, it's kind of in the works right now where I can't say for certain that our first event is going to be this year. We'll definitely keep you all in the loop about that. But um, I want to make sure that our local active community that I'm a beloved member of is being well taken care of and um I think it's just good for them to have lots of great options. And especially with Tough Mudder having its issues. Um, earlier, I mentioned the Inferno race, which is no more. Terrain race doesn't have any competitive options. I feel like there's a, there's a demand that still exists and people want to race, but the supply has been diminished. So someone needs to step up and provide a good event for that. So we'll see. Hopefully I can be the guy. I'll keep you in the loop. Ooh, that's exciting. Definitely. Wow. Oh. Well, it sounds like a lot of lot of good stuff in store. That's for sure. That's exciting. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I think those are all of the, the the main questions I had. And if you you know had anything else you wanted to talk about, go ahead. But um, gosh, I think we covered covered a good amount here and got to know you more. And this was really it's been really fun. Yeah, thank you. Um, it seems like your podcast is doing well. I saw. Recently, I think you got Rebecca Hammond on. That's a that's a big name. Oh right! So it's more Mike, Mike and Don Boggs, and and uh, they've uh-huh. been doing this, and and uh, and but yeah. When I heard Rebecca Hammond, I thought, wow, that's exciting. Yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm thinking I'm lucky to hurry up and get on before all the uh, all the big time pros <laughs> kick out the small guy no. like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! No, no, that'll no. never you're, happen. You're our big time pro. You're <laughs> our big time pro. <laughs> oh god! We're all about the small people. We yeah. want the the big names, but we like the the, the small ones too. So, yeah, no, Rebecca yeah. Hammond. That's all done. 
Don is doing. Yeah, Since I pretty much wow. let Don take over, he has done a great job of making sure we have, you know, great guests and, you know, kind of do our, all the organizing I never could. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you both have done That's a good. great job because, yep. Oh, yeah. I'm glad the uh, Beast has enough of a foothold that y'all can diversify. I think it's great that you're able to keep people in the loop and it's definitely a key part of building community. And I'm so fortunate for the Beast as well. It's just a really good organization that has, you know, yeah. great leadership. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited for everything moving forward. Um, I definitely oh. want to give a shout out to my friend Aaron from Terrapin Events. He hosts the oh. first yep. obstacle course race of the year, at least for those living in the Portland area. It's called the My Muddy Valentine, mm-hmm. and it's a valentine's day themed obstacle course race um it's pretty obstacle light it's mostly it's more of a mud run so very inviting um for those that would want to come out and they even offer prizes for the the fastest couple to finish so they kind of do a good job of yeah incorporating that couple's theme really fun like post-race festival feel around the bonfire so Look up my my muddy Valentine if you're in the Portland area or willing to travel for races and are kind of itching to hurry up and get the first one under your belt for the year. Um, Fun. Also, as part of my beast pro team um, requirements, I need to complete every monthly challenge, which means I need to hurry up and get on it and log my first bucket mile time. So maybe for the nice. listeners, if you're looking for the way to – interact of course make sure you like and share away on this episode but also feel free to comment on what time you think that i will finish my bucket mile in because i've actually never done a bucket mile Ooh, and this is I like a, that, a challenge yeah this is 75 pounds for a mile and you cannot correct me if i'm wrong here i think you cannot carry it on your shoulders or on your head or anything it has to be a low carry right yep right. I believe but I'd have to look to be sure, but I think it is true. Yeah. Yep, I'm pretty sure. So we'll that's see. But you can you can rest. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. I think I'll have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike, did you have anything you wanted to ask? Him? Um, no, I mean you guys covered it really well, and I mean you know Taylor came in at the end there and and covered a bunch of other stuff. So I mean that was awesome. Yeah. I mean yeah, my muddy Valentine. I'll make sure that when this gets posted. Yeah. Don listens to these before they go out, so he'll know. Put a, a link to my muddy Valentine out there, because um, yeah, we are Great. definitely, you know, the Beast and Beast Net. We are pushing race local, race local. There are so many local great races out there that we need to keep, that we need to help grow and fill the void, like you said, of these races that have, have dropped out. Um, so yeah, definitely race local and find and we'll we'll. If you have any questions on local races, reach out to any of us, and we we can help you find one. Awesome. Wonderful. Great. Well, thank you so much, Taylor and Mike, and this has been really a lot of fun. And we're really glad to have you on the pro team. This will be a fun year. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll look forward to seeing you in person at races. All right. See you guys later. Awesome. We'll see you out there. All right. right. (laughs) Bye. Good night. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, Find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beat OCR. 
Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at beastsocr.org.